lesson from the book of Kings. In those days the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Go, arise, go to Zarephtha, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephtha, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar, and a little oil in a cruise. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks, that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Fear not, go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The jar of meal shall not be spent, and the cruise of oil shall not fail, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not spent, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. <coughs> At that time, a continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so practice and observe whatever they tell you, but not what they do, for they preach, but do not practice. They bind heavy burdens hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by men, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. And they love the places of honor at feasts, and the best seats in the synagogues, and salutations in the marketplaces, and being called rabbi by men. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brethren. And call no man father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called masters, for you have one master, the Christ. He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The saving words of the gospel. Uh, today we continue our spiritual journey to the Roman stations. We do so in spirit if we can't do so uh, physically. Um, today there's no collect church. That's probably because the station church, Santa Balbina, is kind of far out there. It's way out there, kind of near the baths of Caracalla, and um, uh, kind of beyond where the edge of the the Aventine Hill ends. And um, uh, Balbino was a, a virgin martyr, daughter of a of a senator, I think, um, and a martyr, a Saint Quirinus, and she was one of those uh, many charitable. Um, matrons, women who cared for people out of their goods. They were very well off. And so they did all that they could to help the poor. And maybe that's uh, one of the reasons why we have this reading today, the connection with the widow of Zarephtha, in that she suppressed her own needs in order to give uh, and help uh, to another, give help to another. So 
Um, a point uh, or two about this, uh, this reading from Kings, this reading from Elijah. It's a time of, this is happening in a time of great famine because uh, the, the Lord has withheld rain uh, for a very, very long time. And uh, people are suffering and, and starving. And uh, she goes out to collect sticks, it says. And in Latin, in Latin it's a little clearer. She went out to, to collect a pair of sticks, a couple of sticks. And uh, one spiritual writer whom I consulted about this passage some time ago said that a couple of sticks is just enough to form a cross. And um, I think that this is something that we are experiencing today in the church. You know, we are all like the, the widow of Zarepta right now, um, waiting for the little, waiting for the last little cake, yes, and then we'll, and then we'll starve. But the Lord, um, you know, God has our backs, and He understands what we need uh, more than we do. Um, about this. A reading from the gospel today uh, from Matthew, from 23 Matthew. Um, there are a couple of points. The Lord says the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So practice and observe what they tell you, but not what they do. For they preach, but do not practice. Ah, what Moses' seat. Well, in the synagogues, um, there was a, literally a chair, a seat. It was called Moses' seat. And uh, the word uh, for it in Greek is a cathedra. That's probably a word that you've heard before. And what that seat symbolizes is the authority to teach, the authority to interpret and to teach. And who is he talking about? He's talking about the scribes and the Pharisees, the nomikoi. These are the the, the experts on the law, the scribes would copy uh, scripture and they were they were able to interpret it. The Pharisees um, were very strict in their observance of the law. And you know, and when you hear the word Pharisee, it's gotten such the word Pharisee has gotten so supercharged with negativity because of some of the Lord's comments and some of the behavior that some of the Pharisees that we encountered. Remember, we're not encountering all of the Pharisees in the gospel passages, but just some of them. And um, the, the Pharisees actually at the time were highly respected by people, and they were really trying to live um, upright lives according to the law. And of course the law was very difficult, because every time along the, the history of salvation, the people would break the covenant, the Lord, you know, God would give more law. Break the covenant, they got more law. Break the covenant again, you get even more law. Break the covenant again, you get even more law after that. And um, uh, so to such a point where it's a, it was an incredibly heavy burden to bear. And uh, so much so um, that one way to look at it is that it was, that the law was, was heaped on them to a point um, where it was almost impossible to keep, to eventually to humble the people, to break them down, as it were, uh, and, and so that they would throw their entire reliance on, on the Lord. Um, so here we have the scribes and the Pharisees, and they sit on Moses' seat. And so the Lord, who came into the world uh, not to uh, break the law 
and, and, and wipe out the prophets, but to fulfill them, uh, tells his disciples just as exactly what he himself will do to obey the law. If they if they teach and if they teach something, you are to obey them. They have the authority to teach. They do. They have Moses' seat, and so you are to obey what they say. But don't do what they do because they they preach one thing and they do another thing. So obey them, but don't imitate them. And that brings us down to. Um, you know what uh, uh, is the kind of the tricky part in this re in this particular reading, where he says, "Call no man father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven." Now at the end of mass, um, every day when I stream here, there are you know some of you who are in the the chat area will say, "Thank you for mass, Father." Um, when we run into a Catholic priest, uh, we call him Father. And that doesn't that seem to go directly against what the Lord is commanding here in Matthew 23? Call no man Father on earth. So why is it that we call Catholic priests Father? Are we are we violating um, something that He has commanded? Did the Lord actually prohibit using? the title Father as an address, as a form of address? Are we never to call our own earthly fathers Father? Well, no, that's not, that's not the case. See, there's, an there's a principle of interpretation of Scripture and of, of the Lord's own words that we always have to keep in mind. <clears throat> we should uh, be very wary about pulling out one quote, one line, and then interpreting it outside of a context. Now, the context that we have for this is the gospel, and of course, it's the whole of the New Testament. We use the whole New Testament to, to zero in on what he's saying here. Now, all through Matthew, when the Lord gives uh, parables, not just Matthew, but the other gospels as well, he uses a particular technique um, in his teaching and in, in parables, and that's uh, hyperbole, which is exaggeration. I'll give you an example. The Lord in one of his uh, sayings says that if your hand uh, offends you or your eye offends you, well, then chop off your hand or rip out your eye because it's better for you to go without a hand or an eye uh, into heaven, then have both and go into hell. So does the Lord really mean um, the next time you look at uh, something that you shouldn't be looking at, you should immediately gouge your own eye out? Well, no. He's using hyperbole in order to get the point across, making a very dramatic image, giving a very dramatic image in order to make a point. The Lord uses hyperbole all the time. Now, also, we have in Acts uh, 2, Stephen, when he is addressing uh, the Sanhedrin, uh, he calls the members of the Sanhedrin fathers. Well, is Stephen, who is described as full of grace, um, violating a, a precept from the Lord that he would have known from being in that 
circle around around the Lord? I mean, this is a pretty dramatic thing to to tell people if the, if 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 Christ had really meant you know call no man you know father, he would be constantly probably correcting people. We would have more than just this this phrase. But no, here's Stephen calling uh, members of the Sanhedrin fathers, and he's full of grace. Uh, he's not sinning in calling them father. And he also talks about his father Abraham. Father Abraham. Um, in, in Corinthians, Paul, when he is writing to the Corinthians, calls himself a father to describe his relationship to the people of Corinth. Um, in John, uh, the first letter of John, he addresses the leaders of the community to whom he's writing as fathers. So we have here the example of, of Paul and John and Stephen, uh, very close to the Lord, um, using the term as a title um, of respect uh, for the people uh, whom they are addressing. So no, the Lord does not uh, invade uh, in an absolute way against the using the term father as an address. What he's really trying to do here is make a point about humility. You look at the context of the reading again. You go back and you see how does it, how is it that he describes um, sub, you know, describes the the Pharisees and the scribes here. He says they do what they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. The phylactery, <clears throat> the phylactery are are leather leather thongs or leather straps that they would use um, when they would pray to, to tie around their arms and also to, to uh, put a container with the words of scripture inside it on their foreheads when they would, when they would pray. And they would make these really wide so they were very visible. Look, see, I'm praying. And they all had fringe, a certain kind of fringe called tzitzits on their uh, on their garments and um, long kind of tassels and um, if you make them really long then they're sticking out from the end of the the edge of your robe so everyone can see that you have your seat seats on instead of them being being hidden and um, this is this is the point you're to be you're to be humble before people um, don't go running after titles. If people give you these titles, that's one thing. But don't be doing what you do in order to be called X, Y, or Z. In order to get a higher place at the table when you're invited. In order to have the fanciest place to sit in the synagogue. No. You are to be a servant of others. Not to put a burden on them that you're not willing to carry yourself. And not willing, and don't be don't be eager to put burdens on other people that you're not to bear. So this is the point that the Lord is making. And it's that, that, that one of the key points of interpretation of this is this, talking about uh, call no man father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Don't be called masters. You have one master. He is, he is greatest among you. Let him be your servant. Who exalts himself will be humbled who humbles himself will be exalted.
Dominusogisum Oremus Miserere me i Domini secundum magnum misericordiam tuam Dele Domini iniquitatem meam Grazie fratelli.